new on Curiosity Stream. With my infrared drone, I can see what others can't. Drone pilot Doug Thrawn uses his bird's eye view for the ultimate good, saving animals from desperate situations around the globe. Join the rescue effort on a new season of Doug to the Rescue. And you captured a Confederate steamboat. We're taking the ship to freedom. An enslaved crew, a stolen vessel, and a Civil War dash to salvation on impossible escapes. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Show, the place where WEEI.com's Rob Bradford talks all things that interest him. Some of which you might just want to listen to. So sit back and soak in another episode of the soon-to-be award-winning show a whole bunch of people are talking about. Show. Here's Rob Bradford. Welcome to another edition of the Bradfoe Show, sponsored as always by Gould's Distinctive Clothing and Hub Noon Insurance, two fine, fine institutions. Today, we're gracious to have on Red Sox General Manager Ben Sherrington. Among the topics Sherrington will be talking about, where the Red Sox stand heading into the last three quarters of the season, Stephen Drew, how the team looks at him and how they're going to approach him going forward, Xander Bogarts, what they see for his future and his development, including the topic of whether or not they would be open to moving him to third base, and even a little bit Mookie Betts, the hot prospect everyone's talking about, including my colleague Alex Spear, who loves himself some Mookie Betts. Well, Mookie went to the outfield in A Portland on Sunday for the first time. Might be a glimpse into the future of what awaits Mookie Betts and his positional change. With all that in mind, here's Ben Sherrington. Well, Ben, we're almost quarter of the way, or we are quarter of the way into the season, and obviously every season presents its own challenges, but I guess if you had to pick some of the unforeseen challenges that you've encountered so far, what would jump to your mind? Well, you know, we just haven't really gotten on track uh, offensively, um, and there's, you know, different reasons for that. Um, there's actually some things we're doing quite well offensively. We're seeing pitches we're getting on base at a good rate we're taking our walks um typically we've been grinding starting pitches pitching pretty well um we haven't hit as well with runners on base and and uh, as a team uh, the power hasn't been there as much um so those things are things that that may just take care of themselves as uh as time goes on 
there's been a lot of good things. Our pitching's been very good. Um, we uh, got off to a little bit of a slow start defensively, but that's been better of late. That seems to have stabilized. Um, and so, you know, despite uh, a couple bumps in the road, we're, uh, no, nobody's really pulled away in the division. So we're, we're in good position, and, um, you know, we feel like uh, if, if some things just get back to normal, um, we'll start winning, winning more games. Obviously a huge topic of conversation is the young players and the integration of young players and the development. I always come back to the Pedroia analogy of 2007 and, and, and remember Theo's telling the organization or people in the organization, we might have to take some lumps and then sure enough, you take the lumps and he comes out to be rookie of the year. Now, knowing that not every player is Pedroia, not every situation is the same, where do you see that development now? And is there in general terms, a time in the season where you say, okay, development is going to be pushed aside and we have to kind of think about this year? Well, um, I think you're always trying to balance the two. Um, and you're right that, you know, I think we we would go into any year, um, you know, if we are going into any year um, counting on less proven players, we would go in assuming that there um, is a little bit more uncertainty and a little bit more room for um, volatility perhaps. And we wouldn't do that if we didn't think that the uh, the payoff was uh, potentially so good and and that it made sense in the, in the short term and the long term. So that's still how we feel. Um, you know, certainly Bogey uh, Bogarts has um, really had pretty consistently good at bats. He's had a couple spots here and there, but um, the defense has continued to improve. So he, you know, he's he's doing you know pretty much what we expected him to do, and, and uh, we obviously feel he's going to be a very good player in the big leagues for a long time. Uh, everyone knew, knows Bradley's defense and center. Uh, that's made a difference for us. Uh, he has a really strong offensive track record, um, and he's going through an adjustment uh, period in the big leagues, and his track record, his work ethic, and his, his aptitude and his instincts suggest that um, he'll, he'll handle that transition and, and come out of it and, um, and be a really good player for us. And and then obviously Will um, had gotten off to a good start and had had a little injury and then had gotten come off that first injury and um, was playing well, had hit a slump, and then unfortunately got hurt uh, the other night. He's going to miss some time now. So, um, you know, our, our job as far as like the long the long term of the season, um, you know, we're, we're, we're going to continue to count on those guys. We know that we're a much better team um, if we're putting those guys in the best position to succeed, and we know that uh, we need those guys to be to be good uh, for us to be as good as we want to be, um, um, you know. And, and I think everyone knows, every, every player in that clubhouse knows that uh, you know. Ultimately, we're trying to win games. We're just trying to put the best team out there we can every day. Does the closeness of the the American League make that more difficult or less difficult to to kind of execute the patience with the young players? Well. Um, you know, I, I think we're I think we're mostly focused on ourselves the first quarter of the season and trying to figure out what we are, what we're good at, areas of need improvement in. Um, a lot of times, the areas of improvement are things that we can just get better at internally. You know, we just get better at by um, maybe it's a maybe it's an adjustment that a player makes, maybe it's an adjustment we make, um, and. Uh, I think the the time for considering other types of things like outside solutions are uh, typically made a little bit deeper into the season as we get into July. So, uh, you know, 
I really feel like um, we're in good shape because, uh, because of, partly because of where the division's at, but, but mostly because of the guys in our clubhouse, our pitching, our pitching depth, um, the group of position players we have who have, if you look at it, it's really not, you look across the board um, at what the performance has been, offensive performance compared to what um, most would have projected. Um, there's nobody, there's really nobody above projection, maybe David a little bit, um, and even very few, they're even meeting projections. So I take that, I think I take that as a good thing, uh, that we're in for better times, and once those hits start falling with runners on base, and you know, the, uh, we start driving a little bit, ball a little bit more, which certainly we have guys capable of doing that. The runs, you know, should come more in bunches, and um, and it'll be a little easier to a little easier to win games that way, um, you know. And and along the way, of course, we've got to keep an open mind. If there are ways to improve uh, in different ways, we'll uh, we'll continue to consider that. You know, with the, you you had mentioned you you, you kind of want to focus on yourself throughout the first quarter of the season, and the obvious conversation for a lot of people out there who want to maybe jump the gun on that and, and improve the team or look at it differently before the quarter of the season is a guy like Stephen Drew sits out there, and he especially with Will Minerbrook's hurt, you have a guy who could hit right hand in pitching, which is something you guys are also struggling with. A guy who could also fill a gap. Is it still come back to exactly what you said and say, listen, you, we, we want to figure it out ourselves, and if we get deeper in the season, maybe that conversation happens. But right now, we're all set. Well, I, I, th- as I've, I think what I've said before, I would say again, that is um, we've got to evaluate um, every situation based on the information we have at that time. Um, and, you know, if information changes, uh, then – our position may evolve, uh, may change along with it. And so um, that doesn't mean we get every decision right. Of course we don't, but every decision we make, every position we take is based on the information we have at that time. And so uh, that's led to where we are now. And right now we know that um, we know that we're right in the middle of this division. We know that we've got there's a lot of strengths on the team. Uh, we have a lot of depth even beyond the 25-man roster down in the minor leagues that we can we may be able to count on later in the year. We know that we have position players who are going to start to hit more because that's what they've always done. Um, and we know that we've got um, uh, you know an area on the left side of the infield where we're missing a player and um, that we haven't gotten the total performance that um, you know we would like to get uh, at this point in the year. So. Um, I think all that. What all that means is that we'll continue to look at the information we have in front of us um, at the time and, and try to make decisions accordingly. And um, there's always, again, there's there's always an effort to improve, always an interest in improving. Um, I think we always start with um, the sort of default position is always let's see how we how much better we can get internally first. Um, and then uh, consider, you know, external alternatives after that. You know, part of the uh, part of the adjustment or part of the evaluation also in this regard is Xander Bogarts, and even though he played third base very well, I guess correct me if I'm wrong, but I would imagine the organization also wants to really give him some ownership of shortstop. I don't know if that's the right way to put it, but but really say, hey, you're a shortstop. Let's see what you can do there, and and that might factor into any decision. Well. Um, you know, I, we think Xander was um, Xander's a, a really unique guy. He's uh, gifted, obviously, as a baseball player, but also really mature, uh, intelligent guy. 
I think Xander wants to do anything he can for the team to help the team win. And we've already seen him play different positions in order to do that. Um, you know, what we've seen from Xander this year is that uh, here's a young guy who's taken on a high responsibility position, shortstop for the Boston Red Sox. Um, and, um, you know, probably had a couple bumps in the road defensively early on, but has worked, continued to work really hard. And that, that part of his game seems to have stabilized some in the last 10 days or two weeks. Um, he looks more comfortable out there. Um, we know he's going to hit. We know there's huge offensive upside. What we're trying to do is just help him in any way we can um, become the big leaguer he can be. And I think if at some point um, we see him as a shortstop, we always have. Uh, we saw him as a shortstop when he was playing third base last year in the playoffs. Um, we would expect anybody on the team, or just about anybody on the team, if at some point we came to them and said, hey, um, you know, the team needs this, uh, we would hope that just about anybody on the team would say, okay, yeah, whatever it takes to win. And, um, you know, so I'm sure Xander would do that. But, um, you know, that doesn't, you know, that doesn't mean anything other than hopefully we have a bunch of good team guys. Um, but uh, we, we like the job he's done, done it short, and we certainly feel he can play that position. You know, uh, along the lines of what we were talking about before, about everything being bunched up, you know, I wrote a story uh, talking to Joe Madden and John Farrell earlier this week about parity and why there might be parity. And Madden particularly th thinks it's the embracing of analytics across the board. And obviously part of that is shifts, and we all know there's been a ton more shifts. Would you buy into that, or what's your kind of view of the parity? I think there's a. I think there's a, probably a lot of reasons for it. I think Joe's right that that's a, that's one reason, um, and because you you can, um, with good use of information, and we're lucky to have a staff that utilizes information a lot. Um, you know, good information, good good implementation of that and execution. You can um, you can sometimes neutralize what might be a disadvantage, and that's um, that that could be part of. Uh, increasing the parity that we're seeing in the league. But I think there's other reasons, too. Certainly, there have been, you know, mechanisms in place for several years now to try to encourage um, uh, talent to be dispersed throughout the league, and I think we're seeing that happen. You know, if you – I remember it wasn't too long ago, 10, 15 years ago, that – it, it seemed normal to go into a season and just in the American League, for example, be able to come up with six, seven, maybe even eight teams that you didn't think had any chance of uh, winning. And um, coming into this year, I mean, I don't know, maybe maybe there were maybe there were two you could say that, but two or three you could say that about. Um, so so I think that speak and and and, uh, and on the other side of it, there's also fewer that you would say are just going to run away with it and um, go dominate. Now, some teams, everything comes together, and they end up winning a lot of games. But I think going into the season more than ever, going into the season, I think we all feel, fans and also the front office feel, like uh, the talent is dispersed more more evenly. Um, there are more and more teams that are, um, you know, good teams, competitive teams, and it's sort of gathered. Um, there's a gathering in the middle. You know, It makes for really competitive baseball. It makes for... A competitive division. Um, this is sort of how we thought the division was going to be last year. You know, really, really, um, really flat, really competitive, and um, so it's not surprising that this this way. And you know, we we believe that we've got um, that we've got 
you know, as many or more strengths as than any other team in our division. And of course, it'll be up to us to try to figure out how to uh, improve whatever whatever weaknesses we have uh, between now and uh, as we get into through you know June and July. And uh, hopefully, we can do that. But um, we we feel good and, and fortunate to be where we are right now, despite the fact there's been some bumps in the road. Last question is uh, something that Alex Spear is very excited about, which is my colleague that Mookie Betts has actually finally played outfield uh, starting on Sunday. And uh, you talk a little bit about what went into that decision and where you see he, uh, Mookie, right now in his development. Uh, the Obviously, he had this historic run of getting on base, but people want to know, you know, what's going forward for this guy because he's just getting on the radar of a lot of people, a lot of people who are, you know, maybe don't pay attention to it as much as Alex. But uh, what, what went into the decision of playing him in the outfield and where do we go from here with Mookie? Well, um, you know, the, the, the primary thing was obviously, you know, he's performed at a very high level and he's done that um, in many areas of his game. So he's the on-base streak, you know, people know about, but he's also played very good defense. He runs the bases. Um, he's a good teammate. He's prepares. He's hardworking. He's, he's accountable, conscientious, all those things. So um, I mentioned that because we would be more apt to ask a guy to, you know, maybe experiment or, or take some time in another position if they're doing all those things. If they're, you know, if he's taking care of a lot of responsibilities, though, so we can maybe look to add a little bit, a little bit more responsibility. Whereas guys that might not be taking care of the responsibilities that we're not, wouldn't necessarily continue to add to them. Um, so, so Mookie's taking care of his responsibilities. So he's a guy that, as many players do, um, you know, during BP, there are times you have your round of BP, then you take your you do your defensive work at your own position, and then usually there's a round or two where you don't have much going on. So Mookie's one of those guys who runs out to the outfield uh, every day anyway, take balls out there during BP. Um, he always looked really natural doing it. He seemed to have fun doing it. Um, so in the back of our minds, we always thought he could if, uh, if it was asked of him. Um, typically before you know somebody gets to double A, we just like to let them settle and get comfortable at one spot for the most part um, but he's in double a now he's performing obviously at a high level um, and so like with many players and many players that have ended up in the big leagues with us we'll start to incorporate another position or two just just to protect ourselves just to protect him and give him some more options um, Dustin Pedroia played short and second in the minor leagues Jed Lowry moved around the field Jacoby Ellsbury played all three positions in the outfield in the minor leagues um, so these are not this is a pretty common practice um, and the outfield just seemed like the obvious place to start given the fact that he had um, looked so comfortable out there in BP and was doing it anyway. And he'll move back and forth? Yeah no he's he's we're certainly not moving him off second base or the infield he'll he'll get some time in, in center field probably see some time in one of the other outfield spots but um, certainly still play at second base and Continue to get his at bats, and um, and we'll you know we'll see where things go. I lied. Last this is this is will be the last question I promise. But the uh, this is a time where you hit the road for scouting for the amateur draft, which is coming up. Throughout your years of doing this, you got do you have one good story from the road, or one good story about um, potentially eyeing a guy 
um, I, I don't know anything from the, from the the avenues of that lead to the the draft. I remember going back to 2003, 2002. JP Richardi talking about going after Aaron Hill and and pretending like he wasn't there and you know calling him the Invisible Man, the Claude Rains project. But is there anything that jumps to mind? Um, well, it is a, it is a fun time of year. Um, I think for every team, you know, it's a it's an exciting time of year trying to get ready for the draft and trying to get the guys you want. And uh, it's a very competitive part of the job for everyone in baseball. So every, every all thirty front offices and. Um, and so this week, this coming week, the conference tournaments are happening. And so, you know, m most teams will have a lot of people out watching those. And then most teams gather in their offices um, starting next week to really bear down and uh, start the meetings in preparation for the draft uh, the first week in June. So uh, so we're no different. We'll be a part of that. We'll have um, all our scouts are out already, and they'll continue to be out through this week. Um, some of us in the front office may head out uh, this week a little bit, and uh, as far as re you know, remembering time from this, this I think um, we, we've been fortunate enough in some years to uh, get access to uh, our owners' plane during that time. Um, as you can imagine, if you know you're trying to see as many players as you can in a limited amount of time, there's only so much you can do if you're relying on commercial flights. Um, but if you can have your own plan, you can, you can maximize your time. So I remember there was one year where we, um, we saw, I think somehow we saw, I think we figured out we saw, um, we saw a player in four different time zones in the same day, um, ending, starting on the East coast, uh, obviously. And at a, I think at a conference, some of those conference tournament games start early, as early as 1030 or 11 o'clock. The starting there, we just kept moving, making our way west. Um, we saw, I remember some of the guys. Um, uh, actually, no, we started, I remember, the, it was the year we took uh, Ray Fuentes. Um, we started the morning in Puerto Rico, flew out of San Juan, um, flew to a conference tournament game, probably in Birmingham or Greensboro, I'm not sure, uh, and then kept making our way west from there. And uh, I think we knocked out we saw four different games or players <laughs> in the same day in four different time zones. So that was, um, I don't, I actually don't think we ended up necessarily drafting anybody from those games or signing any of them, but, um, those are, those are good times. And, um, uh, certainly appreciate the, uh, uh, access to the plane that day it gives a chance to see a lot of guys. Yeah, we all appreciate access to private okay, planes. I'm gonna be honest. Well, th <laughs> thanks, Ben. I appreciate it. Okay, thank you. New on Curiosity Stream. From time to time, we have collisions between asteroids and the Earth. We track them. We study them. We hope the big one never comes. Don't look up. It's asteroid rush and alligators. They rarely get sick. They even outlasted the dinosaurs. Could they hold the secret to human longevity? Their blood could have antibacterial applications. Wade into the investigation on immortal alligators. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. 
You can also use their brand new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors have the expertise to find exactly what you need and the ethics to do the right thing, even when it's the harder thing. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. 